you have to know why you're doing something. It has to be bigger than the doubts that you have over yourself. Your purpose has to be more than just about you. It must mean that if you don't do this, you must think how many other people it will affect. Welcome back to Mindset Win, the podcast where we share extraordinary stories about extraordinary people from the world of sports and how to unlock their mental tactics and apply them to our daily lives. I'm Cédric Dumont. I'm a professional base jumper and I'm joined by York Peter Kloppel, head of mental performance at the Red Bull Athlete Performance Center, the APC. Welcome, York. Hi, Cedric. A couple of weeks ago, I was lucky enough to have a really interesting conversation with Siakolisi. And Siakolisi is the captain of the Springboks. It's the South African rugby team. He's an absolutely amazing athlete, but most importantly, human being. He's so humble. He's a philanthropist. He's a captain that led the South African rugby team to win the World Cup in 2019. York, you've listened to our conversation. What stood out for you? First of all, like you just said, what an amazing human being and what a great connection you and Sia had during that interview. And what really stood out to me was how in line Sia is with his beliefs. The interview was fascinating to me because here is someone who has seen so many different sides of life, but has continued through with a red line that he's followed. He has something that he truly believes in and he keeps working on it and it got him so far in life. And the interview between you and him, for me, was, was really exciting to listen to. Can you explain what topic we're going to explore after the interview? Yes, let's talk a little bit about finding out your why and maybe offer the listeners an exercise for that. So let's have a listen to some highlights from my conversation with Sia. And then I'd love to ask you a bit more about what you mean and how we can find our why. Hey, how are you? Hello, thank you. Very, very good. Great to meet you. Nice to meet you too. And thank you very much uh, for being with us. I'm going to dive straight into the, the topic today. I mean, why do you think you were chosen as captain of the Springboks? What qualities <laughs> do you think uh, Coach Rassi Erasmus saw in you? Well, that convinced him to you could lead the South African national team. Well, that's, that's, that's a tough one. He's known me since I was in school. So he's seen me play at school and he gave me my first uh, professional contract. So he knows who I am and what I've been through too, you know, my childhood. And I think the fact that I'm a hard worker, I work for everything that I have. I didn't have a lot when I was young. So he knows about that and he knows I won't give up, you know, in anything. I'll fight until the end. And also, I think I, I love to serve. I do my best to put others first. And I think that the skill that he wanted, you know, he, he wanted as well. And when he saw me when I was young, I was quite naughty, but I had to learn and grow. You know, I think you could saw that in me changing. And also I had a, I have a family now. I had to mature quite a, a whole lot more. And yeah, just also the way I play rugby. Yeah, he's seen me play since I was young, so he knows what I can produce on the field. That's ultimately one of the most important, what you put on the field. Uh, your leadership skills are important, but can you actually play? 
So you really grew into the role of a leader? Yeah, I, I don't know. Like my wife would say, she always thought I was a leader, but I think I grew into a leadership role. It took me a while. Even when I was captain in the Stormers, when I became captain in the Springboks, it was tough because it's a big, big, big honor. And I mean, I was the first black captain of the country. It's a huge thing on my shoulders. I was the first person of color to do it. The media blew it up all over the world, you know. So that was hard. The first three games I played horrible when, you know, I could feel the pressure. It took me a while, but luckily the coach put good people around me, which helped me to focus on, on just the job I had to do. What, like, specific skills are you using to manage 14 totally different players? I don't need to manage. I don't need to manage because we, these are the best guys in the country, some of the best in the world. The only thing I do is just support the guys, be there for the guys. I just want to keep everybody happy. Uh, well, you can't all the time, but I try and make sure and manage that we're all on the same page. We all see eye to eye, but I don't, honestly don't have to manage anything. So you have a very high trust and efficient communication within your team? Yeah, we do 100%. Like our thing is hard work. Hard work beats all. We get measured on our hard work and our effort as a group. And also if you're brave, I mean, you're not scared. You know, that's where we measure each other on. And then the respect will come. You see how hard the guy's working. You know what it will give for you on the field. And that's what we work on. And also like we're playing for our for our families. We're playing for our lives. You're playing for your name of the back of you. are playing for the country. It's the biggest place. In the, if you need to be motivated to play in that level, then you're in the wrong place. Once you've done your job well, if someone else is struggling, then you help them out. But you always know the chances are that everybody's going to be doing their job at all the time. The World Cup in 2019, can you cast your mind back to that moment when you just won the Rugby World Cup? You're in Japan, there's 500 million people watching live around the world. What's going through your mind? Can you describe that? Um, it's... There's a lot that's going through one's mind during that time, but the most important is to, like, we just want to win. You know, we just want to win because we know what's going on back at home. In our team room, we had videos where fans, like our supporters, our family and people at home could send videos to us to wish us luck. And we would see videos of what happens when we win at home, you know. And we saw people from different races at the malls, in taverns, anywhere where people could sit together and watch, we were watching. Like the people put screens outside and gave people food. The whole country was basically behind us. We saw that. And there was also a big gender-based violence march during that time. And we had big xenophobia attacks in the country. People were fighting. So we go went there knowing that all of that is happening. And we are about to go play in the World Cup. In that 80 minutes, we wanted people to be proud and to be happy for that moment. So in that, in the back of our minds, we're thinking about that. And every game you push in, you know what you're playing for. We played for South Africa. We wanted people to feel special because we knew if we win, the rest of the country wins. We're out there representing all of them, everybody. We have so many races and so many languages. In the group alone, we also had different races and different languages, different backgrounds. We just showed what it means what you can do when people 
you use diversity in this space. And when people from different places come and have one common goal. And for us, playing wasn't pressure. It was more of a privilege because you're doing what you love and it can change how people feel back at home. It can change their mood. And that's the kind of drive and mindset we have. And because rugby has done so much in our country before, it was used by Mr. Mandela then, you know, to help bring people together. So all of those things, the stuff that we think about before we go play in battle. Pressure is a privilege. And yeah. looking at it like, like this, it, it changes everything. Because you have a vision, you have a purpose, you know why you do it. And it's just a whole new level of drive and energy. Yeah, I think what you said there is important. When you talk about purpose and, and vision, you... You have to know why you're doing something. And your why has to be bigger than the doubts that you have over yourself or when you're tired. And sometimes your purpose has to be more than just about you. It must mean that if you don't do this, you must think how many other people it will affect. For me, it's not just about me. It's about my family. I want to provide for my family and my extended family too. I have a foundation. There are kids that we look after. When I do well and I play well and people want to work with you, people want to be associated with you, they want to donate to what you're doing. So I know the harder I play, the more I get up in the mornings when I don't want to get up. I know kids are getting fed because I didn't have those meals at school. You know, I know there's a woman being getting a power to you pack, which is a pack that helps women fight gender-based violence. You know, all of that, if I give up and I stop and I don't work hard, I don't wake up, at night, that means... A lot of people are going to suffer with that. And that's my why. I want to, even when I'm done playing, that's what I want to do. Make the world a better place in working in my foundation and working in those things. And for us as a group is how do we make South Africans proud? How do we keep South Africans a little bit more hopeful? By me coming from the township, making sure that I'm working as hard as I can so that the kids can see it's possible. No matter how tough your background is, you can still make it. You know what I mean? So I have to push every day. There are so many things and so many people who are looking up to us. Your job as a leader goes way beyond the rugby field. Your purpose is, has a, such a huge dimension. Yeah, 100%. It's, it's about... But I, it's nobody, nobody tells me that. It's what I... I it comes from me, you know? It, it's not something forced to me. I come from tough background, not a tough background, like a, in South Africa, my background is normal. But there's so many others who, who come from the same background as me. And if I can be that person that they can look at and say it's possible because he's doing it, you know, be that reference point. And I see myself and I know that and I walk away every day. I have to carry myself in a way that remembering that I must push every single time because others are also looking. And hopefully I can be that little bit of hope for them. From an early age, rugby was really big in your life. Can you tell me about your drive to succeed as a kid and how did you manage to grow and maintain such a strong uh, self-belief? I didn't. I, rugby was big. It helped. I, I loved it when I was young. I started with football, but I sucked. I couldn't kick the ball straight. I realized maybe this is not the sport for me. And then I started playing rugby, which is a bit easier. It became more natural because my dad played, my grandfather and all my uncles played. I played it for fun. I played it because there was a few choices for me, you know. Uh, so I, I joined my other friends who were smoking, which I did. I was smoking when I was eight years old. And join them or go to training. 
I did a bit of both and then I realized that this was more fun for me and my teammates used to look for me when I'm not there. So it was just not about me anymore. I was kept accountable by my teammates. So I found this, a place of belonging. I felt like I belonged there and I was wanted there and that's what you want as a child. So I played because I loved it and then I just got better and better. Then I got an opportunities along the way. People saw me play. They gave me a chance. I got a bursary from one township school to another and then a teacher saw me and he just believed in me and he backed me and he took me to trials. The, the school wanted two of my teammates and then he said, you have to take this one too. He kind of forced them to take me and then they ended up finding money and then I took my opportunity from there. And then after that, when I actually got a bursary, I said then, I said, this is going to be um, the, the change, the, what's going to change my life and my family's life and it did. And you grab the opportunity. I, yeah. yeah, I had to. I had no choice. I don't know where I would be if I didn't take it. And I couldn't, I went to an English school. I'd never spoken English before. I couldn't speak English. In my school, in the township, I was a, a A student. I got an A for every single subject. Then I went to an English school. I felt stupid because I couldn't speak the language. And I forced myself to speak. And by the end of the year, I was like sort of speaking properly and I took it I had no choice but the nice thing I was getting six meals a day where I would barely get one in the township I remember my first day and our first meal at the school we sat down we had fish and chips that day and I was on my third plate while the other boys were still eating their first plate because we grew up eating as quick as you can and eating as much as you can because you don't know when the next meal will come. Then the teacher told me, no, relax, this is your food. Take your time. It's going to be here every day, which was, yeah, which was quite nice. So that was just a small extract from my conversation with Siakolisi. I loved interviewing him. He was so inspiring. Yes. York, what did you think? The bit that really stuck with me is when he talks about the Rugby World Cup from his perspective. We all watch something like the Rugby World Cup on TV and you see the images on the field, but this explains so much more about what happens behind the scenes. The fact that he talks about the videos that are being shown to the team of the people back home and all of this. So it, so much insight. We could almost feel and live the moment. It felt like we were in the dressing room. Yeah, exactly. The theme today is, what's the why? why? Why do we need this? If we listen to that interview, it's really clear that Sia knows why he was training hard every day, why he got up in the morning every day for so many years to train hard, to improve himself as an athlete, because he really wanted to give back to his country, to people around him. And that's such a strong why. And we can also refer to this as a belief, right? He believes in achieving something to give back to people. That's really what seems to be the most important thing to him. And I think that's such a strong motivator to actually do all the training that he has done. So having a higher purpose and, and knowing that you have an impact and not only on yourself, but also on your close environment and, and even the world can be a huge motivation. Yeah, absolutely. I think we should say that this isn't true for everyone. Maybe to some other people, the environment is more important than the people, or maybe someone believes in a higher power in religion. Someone else might have a belief 
of pushing boundaries, of innovating, of creating something new. Everyone is different in that sense. Everyone, we, we can't really change our beliefs. This is something that we shape very early in our lives. And therefore, I don't think it's something where we now, after hearing Sia, we, we don't all have to have the same why. But I think it's important to find out what our why is. In my younger years, I was a, an athlete myself. I was trying to achieve something great. And my belief has always been to push boundaries, to achieve mastery in some way, to do something great. And there was a moment when I realized I wasn't going to have that career myself. And it, it took me some time to then figure out, actually, I can still use that same motivation to now help other people. So this is my motivation, my daily why of you know why I'm going to work and it, it's to help other people to achieve greatness. It's what I truly believe in. Yeah, and you have a huge impact on people. In every day when you wake up, you know why you do this. With Sia, he's completely aligned with his core values and that's also connected with having a clear why. That's it. Yeah, every time you asked him, without hesitation, he knew exactly why he yeah. was doing it. Yeah. From providing for his family to uh, having a huge impact on his community, helping people, inspiring people. Yeah, you can also see it as a source of energy, that he's really getting a lot of energy from exactly that, from his why. And this is something that I can tell you with so many of these world-class athletes that we're talking to, it's a clear theme that most of them have a, a story like this that they can explain that's the reason why they have become a world champion or similar. It's a foundation for everything else. So York, what was your discipline as an athlete? Chess? No, unfortunately not chess, but uh, I was a swimmer. A torpedo. <laughs> the German torpedo. A shark. A shark. A dolphin. That's all very inspiring, but how can we apply this and how can our listeners transfer this to their daily lives? I think the first step is to find out what your why is. And you can do this by watching the news, for example, and observing which story resonates the most with you, what excites you the most, or also thinking about your job the past week. What was the thing that you cared the most about that carried the most meaning? And then keep a note of that. Write it down and stick it to your fridge, stick it to your door, just to remind yourself what your why is. So that then when you're having a down day, when you're having a bit of a difficult time, look back at that and remind yourself what your why is, because this can be then your source of energy where you can find motivation to keep going and, and remind yourself of the reasons why you do what you do in your job, in your life. Well, that's it for this second episode of this season of Mindset Win. We'll be dropping our next episode on the 17th of October. Be sure to tune in if you want to hear more insights from York and myself and top athletes and sports professionals. And please get in touch. We would love to hear your thoughts. We love feedback. Let us know which athletes you want to hear. And most important for us... What are your takeaways and how did you apply these? Email podcast at redbull.com or leave a note in the comment box on Spotify or review on Apple. Thanks for listening.
Tell me quick, do you jump? What do you mean you I, I, I base jump? I, I jump from mountains. So What? I jump from mountains with a wingsuit, with a parachute. Oh, but why do you want to jump? The, the mountain is fine. You can walk down. No, I like to go like <laughs> fast. No, walking down is very exhausting. So I like to <laughs> jump down. <laughs> to fly over. Yeah. Have, have you taken someone with you? No. I, I don't do that. I will never, I just want to let you know, I will never, <laughs> never do, it. do it. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm just only asking for a friend, but not for me. I won't do it. Why did you decide to do that? Uh, because I like flying. 